Hi, and welcome to the Annex Podcast Elevate YM Edition. We're a youth group at the Building Christian Fellowship that believes that you can have a real and relevant relationship with Jesus, even at a young age. And we pray you enjoyed this message from last Thursday. <laughs> so how's everybody doing tonight? Y'all doing good? For those of you that just ate those three tacos that fast, y'all, y'all doing all right? If you're not, a hey, Sprite's on me, okay? Sprite's after service on me. But I'm not going to keep you guys long. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about a life worth building. You know, two weeks ago, we had talked about making sure that we build our life on a firm foundation, and that firm foundation is Jesus Christ. Then last week, you guys saw me struggle to light that lantern on fire in the dark, and we talked about keeping your light on, letting your light so shine before men. Now, this week, I just have a very quick, specific question to ask you guys. And and for the most part, we're all believers in here, right? We come to church for the most part. We're good. Yeah, we know the Lord. Let me ask you a quick question. How often do you pray? How often do you pray? Now, now some of you guys are like, look, JR, as far as the prayer thing goes in my life, man, I pray four times a day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and bedtime. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. My prayer life is fine. Or maybe, you know, to be a little bit more serious, maybe you only really lift up a prayer when things are going a little bit tough. Maybe you lift up a prayer when you need something. Maybe... You only pray when you're in public, but don't pray in private. And listen, I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm not trying to say that your relationship with God is is shaky or faulty. But what we need to learn about is that as Christians, as believers, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, that if he is truly our Heavenly Father, our prayer has to be on point. Our prayer lives has to be on point. That, that prayer, I don't know, you guys familiar with the intercessor team here at our church? The intercessor team is usually the men and women that come before service and they lift up the service in prayer. That prayer isn't just for a particular group of people in the church, but prayer is for everybody in the church. How many people, and I want you guys to think about it for just a second. I want you to think about your best friend, your brother, a parent, a grandparent, somebody that you 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 have a real relationship with, that you can talk to, that, that, that you love. Now, think about that person. If I told you to go talk to that person that you love, that person that you claim to have a relationship with, would it be awkward for you to have a conversation? Absolutely not, because you guys have a real relationship. Same thing with our relationships with God. We can't sit here and claim to have a real relationship with God if we don't talk to him and he talks to us? How can you claim to have a relationship with somebody that you don't even talk to? That's like saying, hey, you know, me and LeBron James, we're best friends. I see him all the time on TV and on 2K and I watch his show on HBO sometimes. Yeah, we, 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 I know him really well. You don't, you don't have no relationship with LeBron James. You've just seen and heard of him. It's the same thing when it comes to our relationship with God. You maybe see the move of God, and you maybe come to church and hear the word of God, but at what point have you had a conversation with him? At what point did you pour out your, 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 your bad and, and your baggage 
so that God can fill you back up. The title of tonight's message is A Life Worth Building. This is part three, and the title is Prayer on Point. I want you guys to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Get your Bibles out. Um, fellas, I know you got your uh, Bible up on the phone. How'd that happen? How'd all the guys end up on one side besides wisdom and the girls end up on the other side? Lord Jesus, just divide it. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Get your phones out. If you got a digital Bible, I encourage you guys get a physical Bible. Physical Bibles don't get notifications. I know the NFL draft is still probably going on right now. Listen, the draft picks will be there after service, I promise. If you don't have your Bibles, we have it up on the Sky Bible. And some of you guys might be familiar with this passage. Some of you guys might be familiar with the Lord's Prayer. The Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, we kind of sung about it a couple minutes ago. But in this particular passage, Jesus is talking to his disciples, the people that were around him, about what a real relationship with God looks like and what prayer is for. So we're going to go through this passage and we're going to get a better concept on how we can have our prayer on point. Matthew chapter 6, starting from verse 5, it says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you what? Openly. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? This is where we get our passage for giving. Earlier on in chapter 6, it talks about when you give your alms, and it gives us the same concept about you're not doing this to get man's kudos and reward. You're doing this because of your relationship with God. And it reads in verse 7, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sounds like a song we just sang. Give us this day, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Can elevate say amen. So it's very clear that Jesus not only set the guidelines of what prayer is for a Christian, what, uh, what prayer is for a follower of Christ, but I like it to give it this point. This is going to be our first focus in this passage. All right, repeat after me. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all good? Come on, fellas. I need y'all to sit up. Y'all ready? Y'all say what it is and what it ain't. Bella, excuse my grammar. What it is. And what it ain't. We have to set clear parameters on what prayer is and what it isn't. Or more accurately to tonight's message, what it ain't. Jesus gives us four scriptures. And he gave the people during that time two instances or four instances on what prayer is and what it isn't. 
on what it is and what it ain't. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, it says this. It says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Now, now how awkward would it be if, if you're in public and you're with your loved one and, and, and you're talking uh, to your loved one, just you and that person, you and your friend, you and your homegirl, you and your best bro, whoever it may be, and you're talking so that everyone else around you can hear you. Like, yeah, you know, Jericho, you know what I did today? I was uh, over and I went and bought those tacos. Like, you know, Rayma, I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw the volleyball tournament going on this weekend during the... How awkward is that? How, how awkward is, is that conversation, right? You're not doing that just to, to have a conversation to build your relationship with the person that's in front of you. You're doing that so everybody else can hear you. You're doing that so you can bring attention to yourself. You're doing that so that you seem like something more than you're not. When Jesus talks about Matthew, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, he calls them hypocrites. You want to know why? It's because on the outside they wanted to seem like holy men, but in their private time and when people didn't see them, they were low down, dirty, and did dumb stuff. They, they, they tried to make themselves appear like God-fearing people in public, but were doing the same thing that sinners were doing in private. That listen, our relationship with God isn't a part-time deal. Our relationship with God isn't only when people can see us. But our relationship with God is something that, that is consistent. Listen, the most important relationship besides my relationship with Jesus Christ is to my wife. It's to my bride. And listen, that's not a part-time job. I, I, I'm, not just, I'm not just married Pastor JR when I'm up in the pulpit or married Pastor JR when I'm at church or married Pastor JR when I'm in public or on social media. But I'm married Pastor JR when all the eyes aren't on me. That that relationship, this is the reason why the Bible always talks about the relationship between us, the church, and God. is like a relationship between a husband and a wife, a, a husband and a bride. This is why the bride or the church is called the bride is because this relationship, this covenant between us is meant to be something that's full time. It's meant to be something that has a commitment. It's meant to be something that has real relationship. And you don't do the relationship to give yourself glory. You don't do the relationship to make yourself seem like it's more than it is. So when it comes to prayer, when you get the opportunity to pray in front of people or even, you know, with us being Christians, you might have the opportunity to pray for somebody individually. You might get a friend that comes to you and says, look, Liera, I need some prayer. Look, Josiah, I need you to pray for me. And it's not your job to be like, oh, Heavenly Father, God, just forget, like yelling it out so everybody can hear. God, just forgive them for, for their stinky feet, God. Just forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. They don't wash, Jesus. Like you're not yelling it out for the world to hear. You're yelling it out as a, as a, as a, as a, a, a conversation between God and you and God on behalf of the person that's in front of you. But here is what it is. Here's what prayer is. It says in verse 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, 
Pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Is that your strength in Christ is built in the secret place. Your strength in your relationship with God is is built in the secret place. You might you might catch this analogy that look, you don't if you're an athlete, you don't just get stronger by being on the field, but you get stronger during that off-season time, that time where you get to build your body. You don't just get stronger while you're out in the game. You get stronger during those workouts. You get stronger when you do the off-season conditioning. You get stronger when you do all the things that make you more agile and stronger and, and, and have better reflexes. Is that, listen, my relationship with God is being built in the secret place. Not just that people can see me, so that my relationship with God is fortified. My relationship with God is, is, is something that can't be torn away during hard times. That, that Listen, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 isn't telling you that you can't pray in public. But when you do pray in public, God is the one that deserves the glory, not you. There are different people in church that, that can pray, like, super good. Like, you think if they pray over you, then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? No, you had a messed up back, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Jesus. Like, I'm going to get healed from that person. Don't sit here and think, just, be, just because somebody can put together more eloquent words, more big words than you do, that they can pray better than you do. That, that God hears a prayer of God help than an hour-long prayer just giving up vain repetitions like the Bible says. Is that we can't be shied away from prayer just because we don't have the eloquent words to put it together. That a real prayer is a prayer that is directed directly towards God and not just the people that are around you. Next, in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, here's also what it isn't. It says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. You know what I thought about when I heard this verse? I'm not going to say what show it is, but some of you guys might get it when I say it. Mom, 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 mommy. Mommy, mama, mama, ma, ma, ma. Like, God doesn't need you to do that. God doesn't need you to go, God, 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 Jesus, Father God, Daddy God, God. If y'all say Daddy God, I'm going to roast you. <laughs> God, God, Jesus, Yeshua, Holy One. Like, he doesn't need you to give, to, to list off every single name that there is is back during those days that's what heathens did there's there's this like religion like this heathen religion where people worshiped Baal that they worshiped this idol they worshiped these things and in order for them to invoke invoke their religion or invoke their god they would say his name over and over and over and over and over again that look don't take the practices that you see around you just to use it for yourself. This is around you that you think that are working and use it for yourself. It's saying this, look, don't, don't, don't just pray in the way that you think it's supposed to go. Just talk to God. He knows exactly what you need. That's why in verse 8 it follows up and says, Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. Listen, those people that were praying to Baal, that were praying to those false gods, they were, they were praying to something that was dead. 
They were praying to something that wasn't real. We are praying to a God that knows exactly what we need. We are praying to a God that before we even come to him, he knows what we need. You want to know why? Because God was the one that created us. God knows our purpose. We don't have to go around praying repetitious prayers. God, reveal my purpose. God, please reveal my purpose. God, reveal my purpose. Our prayers should be, God, what is your, the purpose that you have for me? That, that we have to recognize that God isn't just a God that is capable, capable of impossible things, but God is also the, 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 the type of God that knows exactly what we need, and, and he has our best interest. That too many times we think that when we go to God in prayer that we're giving God the good idea. Like, God, you know what? Times have been hard, you know. We've had to take the bus to school, and Mom has to take the bus to work, and I have to walk to school, and I have to walk to work. I have to ride my bike across town just to get to where I need to go. God, I'm just praying that you give my mom a Maserati, Jesus. Please, Jesus, just give my mom a Maserati. Mom, give me, Mom, give my, Jesus, give my mom a Lamborghini. Jesus, that's exactly what we need to get around town. Jesus, please. And when God gives us what we need, it's almost like we're let down. Even to take it a step further, there are, there are times in our lives sometimes where we get so caught up by our wants, we get so caught up by our own desires that we forget, we, we miss out on the blessing that God had for us. That we get so caught up in what we think is best, we get so caught up on what we think our life should be, that we miss out the blessing and, and the, 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 the providing thing that God had for us. Is that in our relationship, this is why I love the fact that, that, that Jesus reminds us that God is our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. That we serve a Father, someone that knows us best, someone who created us, someone who made us in His image, that He knows us so well. He's like, look, you don't have to ask me. You don't have to, to convince me of what you need. I already know what you need. You might be going to God saying, God, I've been lonely. I need a relationship. God is like, you barely have a relationship with me. You might think to yourself, God, I just need a little bit more money, God. God, you see us going hungry. God, you see us uh, 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 almost be, uh, missing out on our rent. And he's like, you barely manage the money that I give you. And you're asking for more? The Bible talks about later on in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seeking God first. Not because it's some spiritual or holy thing to say, but we seek God first so that, you know what? Rather than me having this pity party and, and worrying about me not having this relationship and worrying about me not having these things and worrying about my life not being the, like how I thought it would be at this point, that I trust God has my best interests. That I trust God has the things that I need to live a life out in my purpose. Is that, look, we don't need to do like the heathens do. We don't need to do the things that people that don't know God do. But we serve a God that is a faithful and just and holy father. I got three benefits of prayers, and, and I'm going to get out of your guys' hair. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? We got three benefits of prayers. Y'all ready? 
First thing is this, is that prayer prepares us. Prayer prepares us. In Matthew chapter 9, it says, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praying prepares us. And when Jesus gives us this, the, the schematic, when Jesus gives us how we're supposed to pray, when Jesus gives us the exact step-by-step instructions on how to pray, he's setting up the beginning of the prayer as a preparation for us to get ready for what God has for us. He's saying in this manner that we recognize and we come to the realization that God is faithful. He is our Father. He is the one that is in heaven, and his name should be lifted up. That we don't just place God in a position where, like, oh, he's a good counselor, and I kind of go to him sometimes. Like, like, he's a good provider in certain situations, or he's only good when I need him most or when I need something. That, no, that, that, that when, when we go into prayer with the right heart, when we go into prayer the way that, 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 that Jesus has laid it out for us, that it's going to prepare us for the things that God's going to have for us. When we place God in the position in our lives where he's supposed to be as our provider, as our protector, as our keeper, as the one that holds our purpose, as the one that knows the beginning from the end, he, he's called the Alpha and Omega for a reason. That we have to recognize that God has our best interest. When we recognize him as Father, when we recognize him as holy, when we recognize him as somebody that's faithful, we're praying to somebody that's, that, that's trustworthy. We're praying for somebody that's going to come through. And when you pray, and this is a practical tool for you guys, but it's talking about preparation. Every time you start your prayer, start off with thanksgiving. Start off with thankfulness. Before you go asking about something, before you go praying about something, no matter how dire the situation, listen, no matter how much of an emergency, it's like, God, I thank you. Because you'll be surprised the more and more you realize how much you're thankful for. You're like, what did I need again? So, there's so many times we get so selfish as people that we forget about how much God has already done in our lives. We forget about his goodness. And thankfulness is a healthy reminder to keep in our lives so that we are reminded of the goodness of God. Yes, I don't have, I don't have a bay, but you know what? I got a great group of friends that I can hang around. God, I don't have all the money in the world, but I'm not going hungry. God, I don't have the best clothes. God, I don't have the best shoes. God, I don't have the makeup that all the, the I don't know what make, kind of makeup there is. I think Rihanna makes makeup, right? Listen to y'all. Yeah, yeah, yes. I don't have the best makeup that all, all the popular girls do at school. But you know what? I'm made in this image. I'm a masterpiece. I'm beautiful. That look, that I might not have been given everything, but God gave me exactly what I need. When we start off our prayer with thanksgiving, we start off our prayer putting God in the place that he needs to be. That's when we can be open and, 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 and ready for the things that he's about to give us. Blessings don't always come in a dollar amount. Blessings don't always come in, in something that makes you look better. 
Sometimes blessings might look like it's the littlest thing that, that will actually change your life for the better. First point is prayer prepares us. Somebody say prepares. Next point is this. Prayer provides for us. Praying to God provides for us. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 11 through 12, it says, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God, when I read that verse, this is what I'm reading. Give us the sustenance that we need. I love how it says in Proverbs, there's this, there's this passage in Scripture in Proverbs where it says, God, give me just enough that I don't steal, but don't give me too much so that I don't get greedy. That God, I'm not just recognizing you as somebody that prepares me for the things that I need. I know you'll come through for the thing that I need. I know and I recognize you as a provider. I'm not going to earthly things to fulfill me. When Jesus was tempted for 40 days in the wilderness and Satan came to come and tempt him, and Satan says, <laughs> I know you're hungry, Jesus. I know you want a loaf of bread. That's the word says, right? You got the power to turn this rock into bread. You should do it. And what did Jesus do? He responded with the word. He says, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God. Jesus was answering in that moment. He's like, look, I might not have it now. I might not have the thing that I need right now, but I trust God enough that he'll provide for me anyways. What, what, what life looks like right now might not be perfect. I might not be very comfortable right now, but I'm content. I'm filled up. I don't have all the physical things, but I have God. I know he'll provide for me. I know he'll make a way for me. And here's the cool part too, right? You want to talk about God providing a way for you. When, when, when we look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 12, it's talking about one of, the most, one, of the most powerful, one of the most powerful concepts in the Bible. And that's forgiveness. In this prayer... Jesus is saying, let me paint the picture for you. Not that Jesus needed forgiveness because Jesus lived a life without sin, but he gave us the, he gave us the blueprint on how to pray for forgiveness. He's like, look, forgive us of our debts. Forgive us of our debts towards you. Forgive us of our shortcomings. And not only that, God, we're not going to come and for, ask you to forgive us of our shortcomings and our sins when people offend us. When people owe us, we'll forgive them too. That's, that's a picture that we have to adopt as people of God. It's not only do we ask God for forgiveness, not only do we look at God as the person, that's the only person that, forgive, that can forgive us of our sins, but we have to be in the type of position that because God has given me grace, I'm going to be a giver of grace. Because God has blessed me, because God has provided for me, I'll provide for people. Because God has given me such a great blessing, I I'm going to bless the people that are around me. That's, that's how the church is supposed to be. We're not supposed to be selfish. We're not supposed to be money hungry or greedy. We're supposed to be givers. We're supposed to be generous. In the Bible, in the early days, in, in the book of Acts, 
People didn't go without needs. You want to know why? Because people were providing for each other because they had been provided for by God. If we can get back to the design of the church that God has for us, a church not only where we love God, but we love the neighbor that we see each and every day, there will be tremendous change in our families. There will be tremendous change in us individually. There will be tremendous change in our communities and in our state and at our schools and at our parents' jobs if we acted the way that God acted towards us. God gave, gives generously. God gives without, with, without, without holding back. So not, just, not only does prayer prepare us for the things that God has for us, prayer gives us the readiness so that when it does come, that we can go to God for the thing that we need. That we don't look at money as the thing that we need. That we don't look at stuff as the thing that we need. That we don't look at, 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 at having a boyfriend or girlfriend as the thing that we need. That we don't look at drug addiction or alcohol addiction as the thing that we need. That we look at God as the supplier of the thing that we need. And as I come to a close, wisdom, you can come up. Somebody say prepares. Somebody say provides. And lastly, our last point, and we'll be done, is prayer protects us. Prayer protects us. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 13, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Prayer protects us. That we recognize before that we know that God has our best interests. In the book of John, it, it talks about, everybody knows John 3.16, right? Somebody say it for me real quick. Shall not perish but have everlasting life shall not perish but have everlasting life. If we can all stand to our feet. I think a lot of people have been fooled into thinking that just because we're Christians that bad things don't happen. That, that just because we're Christians that we won't be persecuted and, and lied on and, and, and beat up and all these different things the Bible literally talks about because you are Christian these things are going to happen temptation is going to come people are going to hate you just because you love Jesus people aren't going to stand you just because you decided to give your life to Christ when, 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 when Matthew chapter 6 verse 13 when Jesus gives us this, this blueprint it says and do not lead us into temptation. It's like, look, going back to that providing point. God, give us the guidelines that we need to not be led into the trap of the enemy. 
Give us the guidelines and the commandments and the boundaries that we need so we don't fall for the devil's tricks. And he does that. God gives us commandments. God gives us his word so that we don't fall into temptation. He gives us his word so that we can resist the devil. He he gives us his word so that we don't perish. I know many of us know people that are out there in the world that, that, that don't accept Christianity because a couple of people had said, well, I heard if I don't accept your religion, then I'm going to hell. What kind of, what kind of loving God would send somebody to hell? God doesn't want to have to send you to hell. That's why he made a way for you. God doesn't want to have to see you perish, but because we're deep in sin, because we decided to choose away from God, because we've fallen short of the glory of God, there had to be a way made for us, and that way was Jesus Christ. Is that, look, God loves us so much that he gives us his word. God loves us so much that even in our sin, even in us falling short, even in us choosing away from God, he gives us a blueprint, just like the the Lord's Prayer. He gives us a blueprint on how to live a life, on how we were designed to live. Is that, look, God isn't just coming to you and saying, look, be good, and then just going on about his way. That when Jesus came, not only did he sacrifice his life for our sins, but Jesus gave us the blueprint on how to live a life for God. In his way of protecting us, he gave us an example on how to live. So it's important that we recognize God for who he is. He is our heavenly father. He is faithful. He deserves all the honor and glory. He is a provider. He is the type of loving and perfect God that knows exactly what he needs. You want to know why? Because he created us. And God is a protector. You guys, you guys ever had to, you guys ever had your parents tell you something? You're like, why do I need to do that? And later on, as you get older, it's like, oh, that's why I wasn't able to do that. Like, you know, when it got late at night and that certain show came on and it was kind of cool, and it's like, but mom, I want to watch South Park. Mom, I want to watch Family Guy. Mom, I want to. They kept you from that so that protect you from the, the things that the world had to provide. It might seem like something that's small. It might seem like something that isn't harmful. But they set guidelines for you so that you don't fall for the things that the world has to give you. You don't fall into temptation. That's what God's word and his commandments are like. He protects us by giving us commandments. He protects us by giving us his word. He protects us by giving us clear boundaries to live within. So here's what I'm encouraging you to do. Is look, trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul. Don't lean on your own understanding. Prayer, prayer changes everything. 